KMTT, Kimitsiante Tetora. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program. Erev Rosh Hashanah, Tafshin Ein, Kaftet Elul. I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbell, and the Erev Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat, Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel. On Rosh Hashanah, there is a strong te- trend, and trend is an understatement, we are guided to not mention anything that has to do with our sins. In this, in this sense, Rosh Hashanah is a very unusual, within the continuum which we started for the Sfaradim, on Rosh Chodesh and for the Ashkenazim, since Motzei Shabbat, and this continues until Yom Kippur, including Yom Kippur, with the idea of slichot, of saying vidui, and of saying we admit our sins throughout this time period. And in Rosh Hashanah we don't. We don't go through any anything similar to this slichot. We don't do vidui. We don't say Beyond that, even certain lines that come up, let's say, in Avinu Malkeinu, which we say throughout Aser Yimei we, we in many Machzorim they're omitted or they're put into brackets, such as Avinu Malkeinu Chatanu Lefanecha, we don't say Avinu Malkeinu Chatanu Lefanecha in Rosh Hashanah. In Rosh Hashanah, as opposed to Yom Kippur, we stay far, far away from mentioning our sins. And this is because on Rosh Hashanah we are trying to counteract the Deen process. Rosh Hashanah is the Yom HaDeen. It's the day where God checks us out individually from the perspective of Deen, of judgment. In that sense, it's not worth it for us to go into a direct conflict or challenge of this process by discussing our sins because our sins are known and we are going to be judged for our sins on this day. In that sense, we're trying to accomplish something else in Rosh Hashanah and our tefillot. We are trying to sweeten the deen by the two main thrusts of Rosh Hashanah, one being Tkiyat Shofar and one being Malchiyot Zichronot and Shofarot. How do we do this? Malchiyot Zichronot Shofarot. We're not saying anything about our sins. We are saying more than anything else, and I'm a little bit simplifying here but you'll see this, that this is re- truly reflected in the tefillot. We're making grand statements about Am Yisrael, Am Yisrael's history, Am Yisrael's purpose in the world, in a positive sense. Whether it's Akedat Yitzchak, whether it's the nation that accepted the Torah, whether it's the nation that has the ability to proclaim God as the king of the world, the nation that has the ability, the potential 
to bring redemption to the world. All of these higher ideals which give a feeling of elation throughout the Tefillah and Yom Kippur, which seems almost inappropriate for Yom Adin, this is what we're trying to achieve on Yom Kippur. And pardon me, on Rosh Hashanah. Because on Rosh Hashanah, we are trying to sweeten the Deen. We are trying to give a different perspective to God when He's going through the Deen process. Yes, there's sins to deal with, and God is looking at our sins and judging us But we are trying to give a different perspective to God. Don't judge us only as individuals. Look at us as a nation. And look at what our nation has as a potential to offer to God, as it were. Because that's the way God created the world. God created the world that Am Yisrael has a role to play in the world. And on that level, God, as it were, needs us. And in that sense, we hope and pray that God will look at the deen favorably as a result of our tefillot. This comes across, as I said, also in Tekiyat Shofar. And Tekiyat Shofar, in a nutshell, is the same thing. Because the Tekiyat Shofar, the basic framework of Tekiyat Shofar, as we learn in Masachet Rosh Hashanah, is Tekiyat Tru'ah Tekiyat. Your Rosh Hashanah is called Yom Tru'ah. And Yom Tru'ah, as the Ramban explains, symbolizes the Deen. The Tru'ah, as opposed to the Tkiyah, the Torah, symbolizes, represents, pardon me, When there's war, when there's some things unsettled, when the encampment of the Bnei Israel and the Midbar would disassemble, would disperse, the Tru'ah was blown. Tru'ah represents the unwhole, that there's something wrong. That That is the Deen of Rosh Hashanah. And that's what the Torah calls it, Yom Tru'ah Yelachem. That really represents the aspect of Yom Hadin. But Chazal, in their wisdom, and in their understanding of Torah Shabal Peh, taught us, that we don't just blow a Tru'ah on Rosh Hashanah, but we surround the Tru'ah with a Tkiah before and a Tkiah after. And by the way, just as an aside, the Tru'ah that the Torah mentions, as far as we're concerned, is either the Shvarim Tru'ah or the Shvarim or the Tru'ah that we blow on Rosh Hashanah. They all function as the biblical Tru'ah. The Tkiah, as I said, Chazal teaches that we are meant to surround the Tru'ah with a tkiah before and a tkiah after. The tkiah, the sound that represents wholeness, happiness. On the days of our happiness, on the days of our holidays, we are supposed to blow tkiot. When Bnei Israel assembled in the Midbar, when they were traveling, a tkiah was blown. The tkiah then is a symbol, represents wholeness, happiness, rachamim. Through the blowing of the shofar, we envelop the tru'ah, the deen, with a tkiah before and a tkiah after. We envelop then the deen with rachamim. And this is what the Ramban 
calls Rosh Hashanah in Parshat Emor, Yom Din Berachamim. We envelop the Yom Din with Rachamim. We don't try to challenge the Din by discussing our sins with more Din. We try to go somewhere else. We try to envelop the Din which is going on on this day from God's perspective. We try to counteract that Din by enveloping it with Rachamim, by blowing the Tkiah before and after the Truah, by not discussing our sins, by but, discuss, but discussing Malchuyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot. On that level, Rosh Hashanah that falls out on Shabbat makes a bigger demand on our tefillot. Because we do not have the shofar to help us envelop the deen with rachamim. And whether this is a biblical commandment that we do not blow the shofar on Shabbat as the Talmud Yerushalmi implies or whether it's a rabbinic prohibition to blow the shofar as the Talmud Bavli the Babylonian Talmud implies this is the fact that we are dealing with Yom Hadin without the shofar to assist us and this puts a greater onus on our tefillot a greater demand on our tefillot and here I would just like to share something, a personal practice that uh, in those little places, not in tefillah, but actually in the house, because in tefillah we don't get to do this, something that we can take advantage of and perhaps perhaps enhance our, our tefillot, perhaps enhance our ability to sweeten the deen, um, the minhag is that we don't say Kabbalat Shabbat on a Yom Tov that falls out on Shabbat. And if we do it in a, in a shul that damens Nusach Ashkenaz, so we'll say a very abridged version of Kabbalat Shabbat. Just means more surely on Shabbat and Hashem Alachi Ulavesh. And if we do it in a shul that damens Nusach Svard, we will say a slightly larger abridged version, but in the in both Ashkenaz and Sfard, and I apologize for not knowing the custom in the Edot Mizrach synagogues, but in both Nusach Ashkenaz and Nusach Sfard, we don't say all the Mizmorei Tehilim that we usually say that appear in the 90th, from the 94th chapter, I believe, of Tehillim and onwards, and I think this is a shame, actually, because I think if the the reader of these Mizmorim that we say every Friday night, that we won't say this Friday night in Ashkenazi, and perhaps in Sephardi shuls as well, I just, as I said, I apologize for my unawareness on this topic. These, these Prakim, when I read them, I see that the... Uh, the the author of these Mizmorim was looking at Rosh Hashanah. He's talking about Malchut Hashem over and over again, and I won't give you examples, I'll let you look at this for yourself. Look at those Mizmorim in your spare time. You'll see that Malchut Hashem, God's kingdom, God's kingship, 
is very prominent in these Mizmorim, and I, it always appears to me that the author of uh, these Prakim and Tehilim was not looking at Shabbat when he wrote them, but he was looking at Rosh Hashanah when he wrote them. And we're exalting God and His kingship throughout these Mizmorim. And it's my family's practice I, that whether Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbat or not, but especially if it falls out on Shabbat, that we sing several of those Prakim at the dinner table because these prakim are about Malchut Hashem, and perhaps by adding these Mizmori Tehilim, and again strengthening the message of God's kingdom, we can fill in a little bit the gap that we have where we don't say, where we don't blow the shofar, and we're not able to sweeten the deen through the blowing of the shofar. And in fact, this is a big responsibility in my uh my father-in-law always, uh, and I share these these uh, these feelings, is always concerned when the Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbat because we are missing the element of shofar. And as I said, we have a big responsibility in our tefillot to fill in the gap where the tekiot are are not doing their job this year. But I want to just mention one more point about this perspective on Rosh Hashanah. Because we've explained that the reason why we don't mention our sins on on Rosh Hashanah is due to the fact that we know it's Yom Hadin and we know that Din is difficult, but we don't want to challenge God directly on a Din level and try to claim our innocence. Rather, we want to give a different perspective to God, a perspective of Rachamim, a perspective that shows the worth of the Jewish people on Rosh Hashanah despite what their failings might be. That we said is Malchuyot Zichronon Shofarot, the words of Malchuyot Zichronon Shofarot, showing Am Yisrael's role in the world vis-a-vis God's kingship, Am Yisrael's role in the world vis-a-vis bringing Torah values into the world, bringing the redemption into the world, making the world a better place. And all of those should be in front of God before He makes a decision, when He makes the decision vis-à-vis the Jewish people. But something else comes out of this model, of beginning the Aser Yimei Tshuva without mentioning sin. And I think it's something very, not nationalistic, but very personal and individual. And this is something that the Rabbi Yonah writes in the Asura Tshuva, and that is the need at times in the Tshuva process to not face our sins. The Rambam is very clear at the beginning of Ilchot Tshuva that the most, one of the most basic elements of the Tshuva process is recognizing our sins and admitting our sins and saying it orally, the Vidui, and feeling bad about our sins and accepting upon ourselves not to do our sins again in the future. And Rav Meidan wrote something in the virtual Beit Midrash, I don't know if it was this week or I just saw it this week, about that that has to be a practical decision not to do sins again in the future and we have to have a plan of action as how we're not going to fail at the sins that we failed at. Well, how are we going to do this? We're not going to do I'm not going to do this anymore. How are you not going to do this anymore? Well, if your sin is speaking Lashon Ara, you're going to get up from the table and the conversation uh, goes into bad places and uh, help out in the kitchen. 
and if uh, if we're not uh, managing to learn Torah, we're going to set up a chavruta as a, a person that we feel obligated towards that will make sure that we learn, whatever it may be. But I digress. However, sometimes using this model, and we're, we're going to have to face our sins in a process of tshuva because one cannot truly do tshuva without realizing what was wrong and deciding to make it better. However, sometimes facing our sins is overwhelming. And facing our sins and facing our difficult situation that we, are, we have placed ourselves in binds us down ties our hands up in a place where we don't believe that we have the ability to move forward because we're so mired in our sins that how could we ever approach God? How could we ever change anything? And this model of Rosh Hashanah without facing the sins, though we've explained what the purpose of that is, vis-a-vis Yom Hadin, is actually perhaps an example for us in our personal tshuva as well. That sometimes it is best to begin a tshuva process not in the way that the Ramam describes in the first chapter of Hilchot Tshuva by facing our sins, admitting our sins, feeling bad about our sins, but by starting a new leaf, by starting a new blank page and just saying, from now on I'm going to do good. I'm going to start as if today is the day that, that I was born in the words of the Rabbeinu Yonah. I'm starting from new today. I'm not going to face my past and my sins because that fixes me into a situation that makes me rank myself in a negative way. And when I rank myself in a negative way, I feel like I can't move forward. However, when I rank myself at zero and I say, I'm starting a fresh page today, I'm looking to the future of a future of doing good things and not face my sins and not face my failings, that can sometimes free me and, and allow me to just move forward. Let's not look at the past, let's move forward. Once we've sufficiently moved forward, we've taken the advice of Rabbeinu Yona, at that point we can come and face the tshuva process which is necessary of vidui, of admitting our sins, and feeling bad about it, but from not from a place that we'll be bound to our sins, and not be able to free ourselves from our sins, but from a place that we've already moved on from these sins, we've already chosen a new path for life. And from this perspective, the sins are not as difficult to face, because we've already gotten past the sins, we've already moved forward past the sins, we've already chosen a new way of living our life, and now facing our sins in the past isn't so difficult, because we've already taught ourselves that we do not have to tie ourselves down to our sins, we've taught ourselves that we can choose a new way of life. And this is a piece of advice, because there's so many different ways of approaching tshuva, and there's so so much that has been written, and for me this has always been a very strong point, a very point, a point that I can very much identify with, that sometimes it's best to take the Rosh Hashanah approach. Don't mention any sin. 
look at the bright side, look at our potential. Rosh Hashanah is very much about our potential and how we can bring a positive outlook from our potential. And on that note, I wish all of us a year of health, a year of happiness, a year of successes in our religious life, in, our, in, every, part, in every aspect of our life. And may we may our tefillot this Rosh Hashanah envelop the Deen with much rachamim, and may God look at us favorably on this Yom Hadin. Tiva tova, shana tova to all of us and all of Am Yisrael.